Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Cinema Hangover, where three completely unqualified individuals drink and talk about movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Oliver hey. and Shannon. Hello. All right, crew, what the hell are we talking about today? We're talking about Last Black Man in San Francisco. Hell yeah. And uh, we're drinking Belching Beaver Brewery, okay, hopping on the, the California fuck? One and Death by Blueberry. Okay, yeah. wait, I didn't realize it was called Belching Beaver. What yep. the Yeah, fuck? we've actually been to it's the California. It's a California brewery. This it's, movie's in California, yeah. so that's why we picked it. It's not from San Francisco, unfortunately. Damn. We we tried. So we tried hard, but... So close. How could you? San Diego. So we've actually been there in close person, enough. <laughs> Yeah, we did go. Oh, damn. But yeah, we are talking about The Last Black Man of San Francisco. <laughs> so I'm just going to give a quick little synopsis. This movie is about a guy named Jimmy Fails and his friend Montgomery, um, where they're trying to reclaim the house that Jimmy's grandfather had built, and it kind of launches this launches them into this like story of them trying to figure out like their friendships, the past. And yeah. Kind of a sense of belonging. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Is that a good good synopsis? Yeah, no, I think that encapsulates <laughs> the bulk of the film and the underlying passage of the plot. Now right. one, oh go ahead. I'm j- I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it right now. I'm probably going to give my review like real Early on, oh, like, I'm not going to be able to hide it. Mm-hmm. This is, like, by far one of my favorite movies. Yes. Yeah. You have been talking about this film quite extensively since, and, like, we've started this damn podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and before we even get into it, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Majors has been in the news a lot recently. Yes. He I plays Montgomery. Yep. He, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically the whole movie's on the backs of Jonathan Majors, who plays Montgomery, and Jimmy Fails, who plays Jimmy Fails himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think before we even start, it's important to kind of address the controversy that's been going around with Jonathan Majors, which is that he was convicted and charged with reckless assault. assault? Yeah. yeah, reckless assault and harassment of his girlfriend. Mm. And he was just charged recently, and he's going to face sentencing and all those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of curious if that affects how you feel about this movie, Shannon, before we even get started. Yeah, I think that that's hard. Like, no, ultimately, no, it doesn't. But I could see, like, how it could for some people. And, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, removing the art from the artist is, like, mm-hmm. huge. But sometimes it is hard. Yeah. I think I think for me, I tend to fall in the camp of being able to separate the art from the artist. But Obviously, also this, it's movie, kind of this movie is, like, there's so many hands involved that, involved yeah. that yeah, created this for movie. Sure, and for sure. For sure. And I think... I think this movie, you know, it came out before all this this stuff with him in the media, yeah, came out, which I this think also plays into it. This is recent, and this, yeah, when did this movie? I think come I out think again? the actual assault happened a while back, but I I think and this movie's like twenty nineteen. Yeah, that sounds I think right. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I guess the I just think it's worth bringing up because you know, based off what you just said and and how my personal feelings of this movie as well, like I think we are gonna be praising it a lot. Yeah, but I think it's important for anyone listening. To know that I, I like everyone here mm-hmm. does not support Jonathan Majors, dis- and I'm speaking on behalf of both of you, so please speak up. But I would assume that no one here is in support of someone recklessly abusing their significant other. Yeah, right? you know I, I, mean? like, I think it's important to note that in any effort to analyze a form of art, regardless of the medium, one can appraise the actual art itself and the techniques behind its creation mm-hmm. in separation from the actual individual that made it in themselves. Yeah, totally. And I think, and I think, it, I think for me, 
I think I I gen generally fall into that camp. Yeah. Of being able to separate, you know, I separate the art from the artist. Obviously, it does depend on what they did. Yeah. And it also that, depends, kind of and it also yeah. depends on the art that's being delivered. Mm -hmm. If this was the Jonathan, like if Jonathan Majors directed this movie, he was acting. You know what I mean? Like if this yeah. was his thing. I would probably feel a little different, different about it. Right. You know, I'd feel yeah. different about supporting it and even putting it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But because he is, I mean, mind you, he's a big part of it, but because he is a, only a part of this thing. And it's such a bummer because he does such a good job in this movie. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a bummer, obviously. Well, it's for, a bummer for a lot of for reasons. For a lot of reasons. Yes. But, but I, I get, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it, it's, it, it sucks because like, I would like to, I would like to, report to anyone listening to this mm -hmm. that he sucks and he's yeah. shitty and he's a shitty actor or whatever like, it is don't let that take but, away from the movie but like unfortunately he like he he's really good in this mm -hmm. movie he's electric and and the movie that, is and the movie is just that good. and it's not, like it's not fair yeah it's hard because it's not fair to just like criticize this movie because it's there's so I many just, people involved just because of what he exactly, did there's a lot of people involved that poured their heart out into mm -hmm. this movie mm -hmm. and i just want to emphasize though that despite jonathan major at least in my opinion despite his performance in this movie which is really good mm -hmm. it does not redeem him in right. my eyes from the horrible things he did and so i just think it's important to bring that up at the beginning of this podcast before we even fair. start yeah no that's perfect you know fair. and i i know you two agree as well but I just I want to make sure that we're very clear about that. That what he did is deplorable. Is that's a horrible thing to do to somebody that you apparently love, and I hope that he gets sentenced to the full extent of the law. Mm -hmm. You know. That being said, I think we can all separate his performance in this movie from who he is as a person, and mm -hmm. we can just kind of carry on from that. Yeah, yep. I think that's fair. Yeah, we clear that hurdle. Now we can talk yeah. about the movie. Yeah, no, that's and uh, yeah. like Shannon was saying, she, I mean. Yeah, spoil like loves this movie, and yeah, so and like, so do I. Honestly, but I don't like, want to get too I don't much even, into how I feel. And I was re I went and read my review from two years ago, like, and I still feel she never exact, writes reviews, but she actually wrote. Yeah, yeah that's I still movie. feel the exact same way. Like, I'm almost like at a loss for words with this movie. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, if I feel like if someone was standing in a museum and they saw like a beautiful piece of like artwork, like mm -hmm. the painting, like mm -hmm. that is how I feel about this movie. Shit. Like. I am, I'm just going to say it, gonna, like really give yeah. away my rating. Well, it's this already obvious is what your rating is. This by far my favorite movie. Of Ever? all time? I think so. Damn. Okay, well, there's... Okay. Shit. And interesting, too, because the director, Joe Talbot, Talbot, I don't think his. I think this is like his third movie ever, and I don't what even know. Which him. I, I know did some research made... on this before the movie, or before sitting down on the podcast, and it's like... <laughs> he is super cool the whole story behind that is super cool so oliver last night was like would it surprise you if i told you that a white man directed this movie and i was mm -hmm. like damn yeah that would surprise me and honestly that's pretty risky like for this movie but i don't know if he it's risky, is, but it I well think it, and there was there was a lot of people had a lot to say about this Really? And well, I think Jimmy Fails obviously came to his defense. So Jimmy Fails and Joe Tal Talbot, Talbot, um, Talbot, Talbot, Talbot. Talbot. <laughs> um, they met us. They met as kids. Oh, so they are friends. They grew up, they grew up together. Scoians, yeah, they. Franciscans? I don't know what that would be. They bonded Joe, over the like movies, be. music, all yeah. that jazz. And I guess Joe was like, he always is like, you could write like your story, and you can make your story or your life story into a movie. 
and he obviously did. And I think, but there was there was some like um, I don't want to say backlash, but people did have something to say about him being a white man making this movie. But Jimmy was like, no, like he's writing about his friend. Yeah, and there was a lot of yeah, a lot of people that helped Joe make this movie and had. And I think yeah, it, I think it, it also just, just has. I think it, it also just as a reflection on just like society in general being super quick to judge something. Yeah, yeah I feel like, like a hypervigilance. There to, is like, judge. where we are like, yeah, I think. Society today, by and large, is like so prepped to just mm-hmm. like tear things down based on like little factors like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I genuinely feel like if you watch this movie and you don't know, I mean, I kind of fall into the camp that like it doesn't really matter what your skin color is if you have a story to tell and you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like you should be able to tell stories that you feel like you need to tell, dude. Yeah. Like, and and but I what agree. I was saying is, I think it would be different if this movie didn't feel so authentic. Like, mm-hmm. it's for me at least, it feels. Like there's so much love coming through on the screen all mm-hmm. the time. And there and it's, obviously it's, is. Like it's finding... it just bleeds through the movie. Very few movies I feel like for me, like ever have this level of like love and care. Just like it just oozes out of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just you can tell that it was made with love, and you can tell that it's like mm-hmm. very authentic. Like mm-hmm. it's not like somebody is, you know, just writing this based off of zero experience that they've had or off the internet or something. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that these are like lived true experiences mm-hmm. and perceptions that people that someone has and it it i would if you had told me that you know a black man had written this or, or a woman had written this i would have been like yep that 100 mm-hmm. percent." and again it just goes to show it doesn't really matter yeah. i think it, right i think it's a great example of that yeah you know if you have a, a pertinent story to tell then you should tell your story mm-hmm. i think that's what makes just the overall just like watching the film just experiencing it you just recognize this is just an ex you're witnessing someone's experience through life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And regardless of who directed it, they are able to execute that vision effectively on film. And mm-hmm. that's what matters is do you have the skill to actually bring this to life? And everyone and that's passion, worked on skill it and passion. should do it. Yeah. So, yeah, and I agree with Oliver in the sense that I don't give a shit what you are. Can you make right. a good yeah. film? Yeah. If you can't, thank God. If you yeah. can't, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I think, I it's, think, I think it's, it's touchy, though, if, like, let's say, for example, this director didn't grow up in San Francisco, didn't, wasn't friends with Jimmy fails. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think it's a little risky and like touchy for him to be talking on an experience that he has never experienced himself. And so in that regard, mm-hmm. like I, I can but, see why people were like a little bit hesitant to the fact, but, but I think people also, a lot of people get just really gatekeepery about mm-hmm. communities and get really gatekeepers yeah. about yeah. stories. And I think that it's, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like by and large, that's a disservice to and art yeah. in general. This but if, if, but, but if a good not... example, a good example of what you're speaking to is literally, we've talked, we've talked about it recently on the podcast. I think even maybe the last one, like Thelma and Luis was written by a white straight man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people really hate that movie and feel like it's, you know, not what it, I don't know, not an actual feminist movie or whatever, whatever, whatever. But like Shannon watched that, didn't know that, and yeah. loved it, and thought it was an amazing feminist movie. And it just goes to show, like, if I, I feel like if you have something to say mm-hmm. and a story to tell, and you're passionate about it, and you care about it, then you should like. Yeah. Nobody should tear you down just because of the color of your skin or your sexual orientation or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Like, I just think that that's a disservice to everybody if that happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think if you like haven't lived those experiences, you need to be very educated before and For passionate sure. about it before you bake a movie like this of course and obviously like you know you can make the same argument about saving private ryan like if if it's Mm. it's not racial Mm -hmm. or anything but you could make it about like you're making a war movie and if you aren't being 
cautious and careful and educated about the subject matter, you could run the risk of offending people Mm -hmm. and being inauthentic. But because the care was taken with it and clearly there was passion there to be made, it's a stellar war movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you there's that argument to be said. Talk about saving private Ryan. I know it's so helpful. (laughs) Check off the bingo box. So as as I'm hearing you guys like deliberate on this, this made me have an interesting thought. The one of the beautiful aspects about art in general is that it's a means of bridging an experience and sharing that experience viscerally with other people. Mm-hmm. And it's a way for people to connect with understanding just life in general or an ex- like a emotion, a series of emotions from the artist themselves. So that's one thing from consuming art. But it's also the case when making art. A person can develop a connection with another human being through art and that's through the discussion and sharing of it but that can also be derived from one creating it as someone is diving into your project whether it's like making a film or writing whatever the case may be they are delving into an aspect of human experience human emotion human yeah just circumstances Hmm. and through diving into that you get to understand oh shit what they've gone through translates to what I've experienced at this point in my life. And that's how you start building that connection. And <clears> that <throat> is something where that is the significance of not gatekeeping, as you were mentioning, yeah, because and I think that prevents the true authenticity of what art is supposed to be. And in a weird way, I feel like movies can be the ultimate connective tissue between different people. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, can watch, I can watch a movie like The Last Black Man in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I can connect with a character that, in theory, I'm, no, I'm so much further... Like I'm so more different than mm-hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? Like mm. I think it a move like movies are such a brilliant way to kind of lower those walls between people. Yeah. Like yeah. you can watch a movie about a story about somebody in space fighting aliens, and you can connect with this person if it's written well and it's executed enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like now you can connect with someone that you have you couldn't be further apart from. And I think that that's like why stories like this should be told if they if if someone has the passion to tell them. Mm-hmm brings me to one of the thoughts that's been coming about as a result of hearing you guys talk about the film and your heavy appreciation for it. And before you judge me. Yeah. I haven't said anything <laughs> about the film yet. But I was like, uh, yeah, do you yeah. not appreciate yeah, this Hey, 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 we're not at that stage yet. But what I'm curious about, and this is actually a good segue just to dive into the film itself and you know what makes it unique. Mm-hmm. So one of the first major designs of the film and when I say design I mean the way the story is told is the emphasis on the musical score and mm-hmm. how integral it is to just that's telling fantastic the story. yeah no it's absolutely it literally like fantastic makes you score. just like happy it makes you feel like I don't even know I don't know if it makes you happy it just makes, it makes you feel, feel invested in the movie oh yeah like it, you it, it gives you like an emotional connection to <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it definitely adds to that whole immersion and as a result, hell, I even listened to a good chunk of the songs after watching the film, and there's this nice little extra track that goes in the background between Jimmy and Mont's like friendship and how mm-hmm. they first met, which is really cool. Nice yeah. little Easter egg. But so that's a huge thing, and I really appreciate films that have a damn good musical score because that's a really it's so un- it's so people. important. It is absolutely crucial. But also yeah. in some fun. movies, mm-hmm. no, I think no, it's important all, in ev- but... basically every movie. Like yeah. a good, I mean, there are movies that have no score, and that. No, that's what but I'm like, saying in some movies, but like a movie the score that has is... a movie that has a terrific score, like a movie that has like an actual 
you know, cr- genuinely creative, great score can make or break a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like and there's the reason why Christopher Nolan like films often like keep popping. For up. sure. Like, there's a reason extensive. why. There's a reason that almost anyone, even if they haven't seen Jaws, can quote the like mm-hmm. sing the Jaws theme. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or Star or Wars or Indiana. Like there's yeah. tons. There's tons and tons and tons of examples of that. And this is a movie that its soundtrack or its score, I guess rather, it's so good and it's integral to the to to the film in general. And it also adds to the fact that with this film, it's much more of a subtle piece. It's uh, it's quiet. Yeah, it's very yeah. quiet. And you're spending a lot of time just witnessing the characters navigate their day-to-day. Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. the, biggest, the biggest piece of conflict, like physical conflict that actually happens in the movie, happens off screen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and that's what happens most extensively as an audience member. You're witnessing how the characters are reacting to the events that are unfolding. Uh, outside what do you of, mean like, when you say I'm sorry to cut you off? Yeah. I, what do you mean what the biggest plot is like off screen? Uh, it's a major spoiler, but uh, co- coffee getting killed mm-hmm. happens oh, off screen. Okay. You hear yeah. the gunshots. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I didn't even really never, think about that. Yeah, and oh, there's yeah. actually no fights. Like I mean, there's no physical altercations. They come yeah. close, but there's no like physical altercation. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, I guess I didn't really there's not really any that. physical conflict that drives the plot or the movie. Hmm. It's all like emotional, um, and then there's I guess conflict that does happen off screen, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it's like an emotionally driven movie. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it's one of those films where even the contemplative elements don't weigh heavy, like in other films. That after you watch it, like goddamn, I need like a beer or something. Like, Holy well, shit. it's not like it's, uh, just an innately sad movie. Like there's right. a lot of moments of like genuine happiness and like glee. Yeah, too. This is a sincere film. Gosh, I'm like. <laughs> we were pretty early on in the movie and you'll know how early on when I talk about it but mm. I looked over at all of her and I was like god I just love this movie and it was literally them just like on the skateboard heading to the house oh yeah so like barely early on and they're going and it's like slow-mo just panning of people around the city and just the the music in the background yeah, there's there's like some the score and that is just like I don't know why, but it just like makes me happy. It's You're just, just like there's some, with the film. Yeah. yeah. There's some there's some I mean, we haven't talked about the technical aspect, but I think technically mm. the movie is like it's I it's like perfection technically. In the sense really? when I say that I say really? like the cinematography mm-hmm. is immaculate. I think the color palette is great. There's yeah. so many great use of camera, like zooms, like mm-hmm. slow pan outs, dolly shots, like there's so there's just a lot. Like there's a lot here that make like Love, there's a lot of love put into the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I think some of the cool, some of the coolest scenes are just like they will be talking and walking on the sidewalk, and there will be people passing them on the sidewalk, and each person is like dressed differently, or ha- like each person that passes them is clearly like living their own life, and that mm-hmm. seems feels intentional. Like they they are extras passing on the sidewalk, but like it feels like even they could have their own like movie about them. Like mm-hmm. it'll be like two yeah. two nurses talking as they walk by. This is like, like an old man world. that's yeah. like yeah, it's it feels very lived in. And it's just like every scene feels very intentionally put together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love the skateboarding scenes. Like yeah, cool. talking about yeah. scenes that like are really cool, like seeing just seeing having Mont on the back and yeah. just like yeah. riding, <laughs> vibing seeing, with Jimmy. Seeing, right, right. seeing Jimmy like carving down while the trolley is going down that hill. And it zooms out to just see the rest of San Francisco. Yeah. It's super, mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah, kind of helps like set the stage of the environment that they're you know interacting with, and this yeah. is what they are dealing with. And that is like the first major sequence of the film is that initial day of like this is what they do on a day to day basis. They go yeah. to the house, tend to it, 
and then leave and do their own thing. But that actually introduces the one of the major focal points of the film is this house. And so Jimmy has this background where his grandfather was responsible for building this house. And, or at least that's the story that's told. Yeah. And he tends to the house because this was where he was raised for a period of time during his childhood. Mm-hmm. And him and Mont go there on occasion to, you know, try to keep up, make sure that it's well maintained. Because the family that lives there, well, from his estimate, does not take care of it. Yeah. He judges how, like, the garden's been kept, and he's like, dude, like, this... And he's literally showing up and, like, painting their house for them. Yeah. <laughs> Even though like, they don't want him to. And they don't want him to. Yeah, they're yeah. like, dude, why the fuck do you keep coming over Go away. Like, oh, yeah. And then there's a point where there's, I believe, like, a tragedy in the family of yeah. the homeowners. And it sounds like leave. the house was, like, their her mother's house or something, technically, mm-hmm. in the estate. Like, the house they're, goes into, like, yeah. an estate foreclosure. It kind seems of. like oh, yeah. they were, like... That they were gonna be fighting over the house and the yeah, estate. Exactly, and it's like it's, it's gonna be like one of those type of fights that they know it's gonna take years on end. It's like yeah. fuck, I have to deal with this shit. Yeah. And as a result, they are no longer in the home, and it's now left to the state. So Jimmy takes this opportunity and, and like is contemplating what to do. Mm-hmm. And he's recalling from his background when he was younger. <laughs> while when he was younger, after him and his father had to leave the house. They had a pretty, you know, rough upbringing, like going from spot place to place. Squatting. Squatting. Was squatting. Even, I was just even like, the dad like talks t- about how <laughs> you talking about how he like is sitting there like trying to figure out what to do. I just love the moment where him and Mon obviously like they don't even have to vocalize it to each other. They just, they just like, decide that they're gonna bust this door yeah. down. <laughs> and yeah. they just like run towards it. Yeah, they literally so... like stared at each other for a hot minute. It's like <laughs> Fuck it, <laughs> and they just made it happen. It was just such a cool scene. And that's another yeah. cool scene. Like they, they're running around this house. Obviously, like kids in a candy shop. Mm-hmm. They oh, finally yeah. are inside this house, and just the way that scene is shot is really cool. Like instead of showing them running around it, it shows the house and their shadows, like kind of passing over the house, showing that is adding life to the house. Yeah, in a way, yeah. And the house is a big part of it too. I think you know it's as much. There's a lot of parallels between Jimmy Montgomery, the house, and then this like group of people that. <laughs> Are outside yeah. of Montgomery's house. I don't even know what you'd call them. Like street kids? Rough kids. <laughs> not kids, know. yeah. Rough, I don't know. Wannabe gangsters. Yeah, wannabe, sure. Um, but there's a lot of parallels between this house and those people because all of them are kind of trying to be one thing. And for yeah. some of them, mm. it's authentic. And for others, it's not. And it's, and I mean, that's the whole theme of the whole, of the movie in general. It's like how society puts people in boxes. Mm-hmm. Well, like, oh. and there's really quick, like there's, you could draw a connection between that theme and the theme and anatomy of a murder, which is like people mm-hmm. aren't just one thing. They say that in this movie I, as well. Oh, that's a huge yeah, one. Yeah, so I made that note in my um, phone where there's a huge quote in this movie where it was like, um, I don't even want to grab my phone and show it, but it was like people, or they put him in a box and he never went beyond that box, basically. That's oh, not yes. if That's not the exact quote, yeah. but I was like, you know, it's funny because it reminds me of Anatomy of a Murder, and I feel like we've watched another movie mm-hmm. that had like a similar quote. Like, mm. well, and it's it's like we were like on this train of just watching movies about <laughs> well, how people aren't just one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I think it's I think the way that this movie approaches it is a little bit different oh, too. For sure. I mean, obviously in in the context, but I think this movie is almost trying to say more. I felt like in Anatomy of a Murder, it's saying like people are many things. Mm-hmm. Where I think this movie is more trying to say that like it's more of a societal thing. This yeah, and it's and this movie's I feel like almost more trying to say that like people aren't necessarily what so, yeah society makes them to be. It's yeah, like, it's they, are, really... they are many things. Like 
people are different than what society is trying, mm-hmm. like turns them into or makes them in, out to yeah. be. And the whole, like a good example of that is, is coffee, right? Coffee. I think so. Yeah. Who gets killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, they talk basically in private. He's like this guy that gets along really well with Jimmy and Montgomery who are kind of also two strange people that don't conform to a rid, like, not societal what the, standards, what but the like immediate community expects. Immediate, yeah, communities, communal society standards, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, they keep saying that that uh, you know Jimmy dresses like a white boy and he rides a skateboard everywhere, and and they talk about how Montgomery dresses like, like he's always dressed in these certain clothes and he's dressed as like a weirdo and all these different right. things. Like yeah. how these two characters are kind of they've kind of the in that regard in broken way. out of the box of whatever yeah. they're the outcasts of the outcasts yeah yeah but when coffee who is kind of in that box hangs out with them he kind of starts to break out of it mm-hmm. and he's different he enjoys it and they all have this good time oh they even stop vibing together like, yeah oh, they're shit, all vibing cool. and having a good time and then as soon as he's back with those guys he's right back to what he was at he before. says and this is actually something that gets reiterated later on in the film what coffee says when Jimmy and Mont are like, you know, grabbing stuff and heading back to their home, he basically says the most brutal shit mm-hmm. because of not only what they shared when they were visiting together, but just knowing him over the years. And yeah. he says the most brutal shit that digs deep into his soul. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, wow. And he just keeps on walking. And later on, in reflecting on his passing, he says, The last thing I remember from Coffee was that he told me one of the most brutal things Mm -hmm. I've ever heard anyone tell me in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn. Yeah, and he he was like, but basically saying how he, that's not how he's going to choose to remember him though. Right. And it's, I think it really has a lot to go, you know, to say with, kind of where I started with that was Mm -hmm. that there's the parallels between these people in the house and the same thing happens with the house where it's like, Jimmy is trying his hardest to keep the house in its its state that he remembers it in basically. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a fairly powerful moment where this inanimate object, this house, it's, you know, spoiler alert, we've already spoiled it, but uh, Jimmy doesn't get the house. Mm-hmm. They won't grant him a loan. It gets bought by someone else. It goes mm-hmm. and it's it's listed. Mm-hmm. And Montgomery's walking through it and there's all these pans throughout the house that's been renovated now. Mm-hmm. And it has lost all of its heart. It yeah. is, and, it, and then for, me, that, for me, that moment is... The, like as weird as it sounds like the house is put in a box like yeah. the house has be now well, the and house it, it's, is it's kind of funny like watching this movie so i mean the meaning behind this movie is like i mean there's a lot of different meanings but basically how san francisco and not even just san francisco but like all these big cities have changed so much mm. and have like lost a lot of their culture and are like you said put in a box and it's like not a, you don't even see that just with the house specifically, but you also see it with the people around San Francisco. Like mm. you see these two, this is going to be mean, but basic white bitches on the bus. <laughs> and like, they're just talking about the stupidest shit. And it's like, there's just not any well, not, like that... culture or like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know how to I think this, describe I think it. But I... even the house, like you were saying, the house itself, it just is like, boring it's like every single house that you see on pinterest now just boring no life no well, like heart to it i think it really has to i think what it's really trying to say is like in a weird way it's like societal peer pressure i'm just saying that society and everyone is just boring now well <laughs> it, it really, i think what it's really i think what it's really trying to say is like this like unspoken societal peer pressure where everyone's yeah. trying to fit in basically well, and, and that's what they kind of do with the house is they like turn it into this like pretty boring i mean it's still a beautiful house right but like this like kind of if we're using the word basic 
house yeah. mm-hmm. where it had like all this character before. Yeah. And what and what you just touched on was an interesting part of the movie too is those two girls mm-hmm. on the bus that are talking. They're talking about how much they hate San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Jimmy also hates San Francisco. He says the same thing. Yeah. But he turns around to them and he's like, You can't hate you can't it until hate, you've loved you it. You can't hate something until you've loved something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like a huge part of the movie. I mean, Jimmy feels like he can hate the city that he lives in because he loves it so deeply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's true. I mean, you see that. I mean, yeah. he is San Francisco. Yeah. It's funny because, like, <laughs> I'm 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 a part of the problem. I know I am. Oh, yeah, but I've been on TikTok re- recently. I've been on TikTok for the last like 4 years since COVID started. Um <laughs> but there's a lot of people recently that are talking about like trends and how they're just so f- sick of trends. And it's like it's very real. Like you see girls and they're just like I want to be in this this trend or I want to dress this way and like everyone starts to do that. Like let's say for mm-hmm. example there was a huge trend where people started dyeing their hair red. And then every girl was doing it. And it's like this these people on TikTok are like, now, why are we just doing these things? Like why why is nobody just being themselves? Why like everyone is just the same now? Taylor and no Swift. one is <laughs> fuck off. No one is just like being them. Like everyone's just so boring now I, because they're all the same. And I think and I think <laughs> And this is like in a way, like and this movie kind of portrays that too. Like yeah, it's just that, losing a lot of life when you're just society is putting everything in well, a, that, in a box. Well, I think that that is that's really reflected well in that group of friends that stand mm-hmm. outside the house. Is it's clear that coffee, at least from the interaction that we see, isn't really that. Yeah. Like he he was an outsider from that group of friends to begin with. Like they were kind of bagging on him. Like their whole thing. Oh yeah, is they, they roast him like nonsense. The whole thing is that they roast each other all the time. It's and, my life. And just kidding. Oh my gosh! And they all they roast each other all the time. That's just kind of like the culture that they have. Yep. And uh, he like gets roasted the most, and he can't roast back. Basically, that's like kind of yeah. That's kind of like what what uh what his lot in that is. And it's clear that once he's hanging out with Montgomery and Jimmy, that he like doesn't really align with that. Like he's not yeah. really that person. But and that's not to say that other people in that group that isn't who they are. But him specifically, he is trying to be something that he's not, which is in this movie's analogy, like in a box. Yeah. And society has done that to yeah. him. Like this is where he feels like he needs to be. He has to be this yeah. this person that he isn't. And I think that it's, and then it just goes to show that at the end of it, he can't break out of it. He, you know, when he insults Jimmy, he's right back in that box. And he's yeah. trying to impress these people that he aligns with, he thinks he aligns with, right? And ultimately. Mm-hmm. And ultimately. Ultimately, he dies, but it's mm-hmm. not necessary. I mean, it is because of the lifestyle that he leads. They t- they talk about well, blatantly he, he that he basically that- just like talk shit to the wrong person, and that's what they and do. Like, they just he, talk shit all the time, and that's like I their think whole- deep down he wasn't somebody that would just like talk shit to somebody, but he did that yeah. to like try and fit in, and yeah, and he gets shot and killed over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And it's it's interesting because there's a lot. I mean, most characters in this movie, you. You see them from face value, and you get to see a little bit into who they actually are. Mm-hmm. Two examples are more people on in that friend group. One of them is the guy that has like dreads or longer hair, yeah, not the eye yeah. patch guy. But he starts like talking shit to Jimmy after Coffee dies, mm-hmm. and then he hugs Jimmy and starts crying, which yeah. is like completely dropping that mm-hmm. facade that he had. Yep. And then it later it pans out to uh, Jimmy and Montgomery are in Montgomery's house, and there's the last guy. He's kind of like the leader of that group. Oh, Jimmy's house. No, not Jimmy's house. This is outside of Montgomery's house because that's where they all hang out. 
Oh, wait, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking about a different scene. But but yeah, the, it, Jimmy's looking out the window. He sees the last guy on the street. He's kind of like, again, like the leader. Oh, of that I group. see what you're talking about. And you see him like kind of crying to himself. And again, yep. it's like in private, it's basically showing like this guy who is this one way in private is not really what yeah. the, like the mask that he wears. The multi-dimension set of person in body. And show. I think, and the only person that's truly themselves in this movie is Montgomery the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so he is the one that delivers this like pretty rousing, powerful speech in his mm-hmm. play that he puts on at the house. Well, it's funny because it's like not even really a play. No, no, it's no really but the just whole, but also, he's really just like, trying to save another his reason why I love this movie is like the movie in an, as a whole kind of feels like a play in a yeah, weird way. It does have that type of feel. And well, the like, title of the play is The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is funny. Yeah, yeah. so it is. I mean, it is. Yeah. It is a play. Yeah. He's, I mean, part of what he is rehearsing is the things that we see. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. like it's, it's like kind of meta like story. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, really, the play that Montgomery puts on is more so to save his friend Jimmy. Yeah. And he, you know, there's a part of the movie where he, you know, Jimmy's talking to Montgomery. He's basically saying, like, you really don't care what people think. And Montgomery's like, no, like, life is so much better when you don't care what people yeah. think. Yeah. Right. And Montgomery is the only person in this whole movie that is living his best life, basically. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily super rich, not necessarily, like, best in those terms, but is the most comfortable with who he is. Yeah. Mm. Even Jimmy... He just appreciates what he has. Even Jimmy, who, you know, is like, seems comfortable in who he is, isn't. Because every time he talks to his dad, he lies about skateboarding. And every time, you know, his dad tells him, like, oh, you're dressing like a white boy, or whatever it is. And he, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even Jimmy who clearly isn't what society is wanting him to be kind of is ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, yeah, it's super interesting. It's a, it's powerful. Yeah. So my initial, like from the get go, the biggest thing that I gathered from the film was how much Jimmy tied his identity to the house, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. like this was critical for him to find a sense of peace or a sense of like progression like, from everything else that he's doing, like, he has this job. It looks like he's, like, a hospice caretaker or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, hospice, sorry. And while Montgomery is working at, like, a fish... Chinese fish market. Yeah, Chinese <laughs> fish market. And the interesting dynamic that they have is Mont's basically, like, supporting, like, Jimmy, like, by his side. But Mont is in his own world observing the world. He's truly, like, the quintessential artist. He's mm-hmm. someone who heavily observes the world and, and he wants, wants to understand, to understand it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He wants to extrapolate what he's observing and what he's, his instincts are trying to derive from it. That's why he's writing and drawing and formulating these plays because he's knows something's there, but he's trying to articulate it. And that's what he's trying to do through his art. Mm-hmm. And, and I interpreted that a, a big part of that. There's like a, he's, he is trying to under, yeah, like you say, he's trying to understand his surroundings. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in the movie where he approaches that, the street kids, let's call them that. Although yeah. they're adults, right? Yeah. <laughs> he approaches them after the street kids. I'm trying to think of like a different way. Like <laughs> pseudo gangsters, right? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Would, like anyways. He Wish approaches them. NWA or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he they're having like this roast sesh, right? Yeah. And they're roasting coffee. And he like walks up and he's like, That's great, but there's not you need more heart in it. And he basically starts like directing them. Yeah. And they're shocked for a second and they're like what the fuck? What are you do- like? What are you doing, dude? Like, you're not my fucking director. <laughs> and so then they start roasting him, and he leaves. But to me, it's like that was like an example of he sees through, like he sees through a lot of what society is doing. Yeah. He views basically everyone in society as like 
they're putting on their own plays. Yeah. yeah. And he, so he, he sees past the mask. He's collecting. Yeah. He's so, I mean, the, the first thing you see is this preacher putting on this like street sermon. Oh, yeah. And he basically is like, oh, yeah. you think that he rehearses this every day or you think that he just goes off the cuff? And Jimmy's like, I think it's probably something off the cuff, right? Which, ironically enough, they do reveal like how that works later yeah. on the film, which is kind but, of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, it seems like Montgomery really sees through the veil of society. That mm-hmm. everybody is kind of just trying to be what other people think that they should be. Well, funny enough, with what Shannon was mentioning earlier about the TikTok trends and everything, it just made me think about, you know, the way I've interpreted the film. Because you guys noted how it is people being trapped in the box and the reality trying to escape from it. Mm-hmm. To me, well, not necessarily. Well, maybe not trying, trying to, to escape, escape from yeah. it, just like being contained in this box through society mm-hmm. and stuff. To me, I had a slightly different approach. The way I've articulated it was. It's to strive to find one's identity and the difficult circumstances that can mold it, but also create a delusion in oneself. So, like, say, for instance, if those are not able to determine what the identity is, even at a young age or even as an adult, they will try to strive to use other markers that exist around them to help guide them to find said identity or find a way of conforming. Maybe Coffee had that situation where he was not certain of what his identity truly is or had security of what place in society he was but he found a community with his gangster friends so he said fuck it i'm just gonna be with them yet when there was a point later on the film during the play where people are remembering who coffee was they all said he was a good dude he just was with the wrong crew and then jimmy noted yeah he was with the wrong crew with what he said and but i'm not gonna remember him that way because i'm gonna remember him by the good person he was and then that further extends to jimmy's own journey with how much of himself he's willing to sacrifice just to maintain this home. But one of the big spoilers that's tr- shown in the film and that Montgomery discovers and reveals to Jimmy is that the house... That is his he box. Pro- it's his literal box. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he proclaimed so much that it was built by his grandfather. But in reality, it wasn't. And it was a lie. And Jimmy and it's funny up, because he knew it. Yeah. Like yeah. He like convinced himself that it, it, it was. Basically, it was a lie that... That he just kept telling until he believed it. Yep. Yeah. And then he realized that without this anchor, why am I even here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that, San Francisco, in but San also like just in the this sort of, I don't know, not society, but like, I mean, it, the movie ends with him not only like leaving San Francisco on a boat, but kind of like leaving everything, soci- everything, yeah, everything mm-hmm. behind. Yeah. Him finding a better path, but at the same time. Montgomery is left behind without his closest friend. Yeah. And that kind of creates this bit of sweetness of, yes, Montgomery, one of the most like content characters in terms of his own nature, is, as a result of revealing this truth to Jimmy, has created a sacrifice in himself. Yeah, and you actually had mentioned it just a little bit ago, but I wanted to touch on another pretty powerful moment mm-hmm. of the movie, is mm-hmm. during the play, the play, uh, when Montgomery's talking about coffee, which is actually kind of what the play is around, but it's obviously it's greater than that. Yeah. Right? yeah. But that's kind of like the central story. If there's a story in the beginning, mm-hmm. but there's a pretty, I think there's a pretty powerful moment where he is flicking through people's like social media posts mm-hmm. about coffee. Oh, oh yeah. And so... He's, it's so it's true. It's so pertinent, but it's like, he's basically like, like flicking through and he's like, Oh, coffee's my homie. I love that man. Blah, blah. blah. And he's like, this is made by his, this, that guy, this guy that lives in, whatever indiana and hasn't, hasn't seen, seen him in, in 10, 10 years, years and like, yeah. just like 
And then he's like flicking through all these examples of people that don't know like, coffee. 390 likes. This person hasn't seen him in 10 years. And it's yeah. just like, how can you claim a, to know this person? Yeah. So, but it's so true. It's mm-hmm. so true. And we, it happens all the time. But basically, you know, what he's trying to say is like, let's actually remember coffee. Like, yeah. let's not do it for society, for like, you know, social attention. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you like? How will you remember coffee? He starts addressing people in the crowd, and that's when Jimmy shares a story about you know the last thing that coffee did was say some of the most horrid shit I've ever heard. Mm. But this, it's like you got to kind of be real about shit. Like, no, for real. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, it, I, I don't know. Ugh, well, I just love those. <laughs> this this introduces a unique dilemma that the film actually really explores effectively in its subtle nature, is the. The difficult tension between conformity and recognizing one's own true identity. Mm-hmm. Because for oftentimes for one to effectively navigate through a community or society, there is a level of conformity that exists. Yeah. And the more you conform and, you know, can I would say embody the ideal of said group, the more effective you can navigate it. And and whatever circumstances. Life is maybe. life is basically easier if you conform. Yes. Now, there are benefits if you so choose sad. to be... Well, here's the thing, too. <laughs> if you choose to deviate from that path, it's like a high-risk, high-reward kind of approach sometimes, where, yes, you're going to be something completely abnormal, but some people might find great sense of... may relish that, because it's a breath of fresh air. It's something When you fresh stop caring what people think, it's freeing. And that's basically yeah. what Exactly, and people says. see that, and they desire that in themselves, so that might create a form of like attraction of your own character. Some might demonize you because you're so different, but others might praise you because you're so different. Well, and, so and that I think, creates I think division. what I think what draws Montgomery to Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa, obviously. But I think yeah. what what primarily draws Montgomery to Jimmy is that Jimmy is so close to being free of that societal pressure. The oh last, yeah. The last thing is basically the house. Yep. Yeah. That's like the last box, if we're using that analogy, that really is holding Jimmy. Mm-hmm. From breaking out and being this, like being his true self, right? Being what he wants. Because in be. many cases, he is his own independent. He person. does. I mean, yeah. and people point it out all the time about how he skateboards and how he doesn't wear clothes like he should. Yeah, like, you know, he's just his he own dude, to. and he's yeah, mm-hmm. and he's not. He's like he's doing hospice care and mm-hmm. all these different things. Like people like poke fun of him and make fun of him, and for the most part, he's pretty comfortable in who he is. Yeah, except when it comes to his dad, which is just a super. That mm-hmm. I love that the one of my favorite scenes. There's so many favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say that anymore, but. One really powerful scene of many, I guess, is when he visits his dad, mm-hmm. and it's like this total tonal shift from the rest of the movie from something it's that's like almost whimsical films, and just yeah. like great, and it's almost like, like a fairy. Compressed. T- the whole movie is almost like a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it's presented in a way and then too. all of a sudden he's with his dad, and Chick it is real. dark, and <laughs> uh, I mean like literally dark, like it's yeah. filmed dark. They're in a dark room in this no window or one window having apartment mm-hmm. and it's like the tone immediately changes. It's mm-hmm. like something's been suppressed. And, and the acting from the, the dad, I should pull his name up, is so good too. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in this movie is fantastic but it's this moment where it's like, I think it's relatable for a lot of people but just like, the dad is in, basically embodies, he is like society mm-hmm. if you were to make that metaphor. Right. He is that crushing presence for Jimmy that like, Jimmy feels like he needs to conform to, but it's just Just like, to keep the peace. Yeah, but it's just pounding him down into this thing that he isn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that scene is just so good. Yeah. No, it, it shows a prime example of how where the sources of said 
well, pressure for conformity come from? A lot of it comes from Corinthians. There's so many parallels, yeah. One one character that we haven't had a chance to really dive into was the aunt. Oh my gosh, I love the aunt. She's so funny. And she's... Oh yes, yeah. That was interesting. We should talk about. We should do the sequence. Yeah, yeah. So, so the. uh, Did you want to go for it? No, go for it. You brought it up. So, so the aunt was a character that was introduced a bit like midway through the film. So once Jimmy and Mont have actually started squatting (laughs) in the house, they go over to the aunt's place that's in the outskirts of town to get their grandfather's belongings. Exactly to bring it back into the home that it used to be in and bring life back to it again. Mm -hmm. And. There's this interesting exchange between, you know, Jimmy and his aunt, and it seems as if the aunt like really like sees him for who he is, and it's yeah, just happy. does sees, yeah, she sees through the facade that he tries to put up occasionally. Yeah, and it seems like Jimmy, in a way, is able to be more of himself around his aunt. And really quick, I just love that how in love the aunt is with her boyfriend. Oh my god, yeah, that was so great. Uh, he he's like doing skateboard tricks, and they're not even like that sick of tricks, and yeah. she's just like, "Get it, baby!" And like, like just like, yeah, she's, she's like so she's happy. Like, with she's it. just like she's so and she's just like so in love with this. She's so attracted to her boyfriend or whatever. It's just yeah. like super sweet, great thing. And she's kind of an example of someone that's like living her life. Yeah. It seems mm-hmm. like she's just genuinely happy. Living her best life. Living her best life. And mm. I think Jimmy doesn't really see that. He, or at least in that moment. No. He sees her as living out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere is the way he describes it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just with her boyfriend and doing whatever. But I think she's kind of the glimpse of like what life can be like once you give up on hanging on to this idea. Right. And for him, it's San Francisco. Hanging right. on to San Francisco. There is this interesting, well, actually, now that you mention it, I just created the parallel with Montgomery because we talked about the idea of being content and not just with one's character, but even to one's, it almost, it seems as if like once you're content with your own identity, you're content with circumstances as well. Because instead of constantly striving and trying to achieve this great acclaim that society puts on this pedestal of idealism, once you are content with who you are and what you truly want, you start to become more content with the circumstances that surround you. Yeah. And to some, they find that stifling, like, fuck that, why would I want to do that? But then you understand from those you know, characters that are content, the peace and harmony that achieves in your life. Yeah. You're not constantly questioning your own very nature. You're just like, oh, hey, I can do this for my life and actually be happy for once. And you see that through the aunt character and you see that through Montgomery to a degree. And that's something that she tries to introduce into Jimmy's life, especially in the end after the revelation that Jimmy has. So after the play and once Montgomery reminds Jimmy that, dude, this is a lie. What the fuck are you doing? And Jimmy reminds is a soft way to put it. Yeah. Basically puts him on blast in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And they, causes a huge rift in mm-hmm. their friendship, yeah. And then Jimmy has a moment where he, and the aunt pops up, and he's like, dude, I've realized this was a lie the whole time. But, well, I knew it was a lie, but I've convinced myself that it was the truth. Why the fuck am I doing it? He's having this moment of, like, cognitive dissonance, like, shit, what the mm-hmm. fuck am I doing? How do I move forward? And they have a discussion that leads him to make that final decision to move on. And I think the biggest turning point was when he spends one more night at Montgomery's place, and he's on the couch with his. Uh, I'm guess Montgomery's father. Yeah, played by Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it indicates. Throughout the movie, it seems like Jimmy felt like he was an outcast, like he didn't really have a home, until he had that place. Well, yeah. I think it. I think and, for me, it's it's funny that you interpret it that way. <clears throat> for me, it didn't, what he realized in that moment. So basically, 
this isn't the first time that he's been he's been living at Montgomery's yeah. place. Yeah. But and it's not the first time that we see Montgomery interacting with his dad either or anything mm-hmm. like that. In fact, it's a scene that we saw earlier in the movie mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Montgomery and his dad are watching this movie and his dad is blind. Yep. And Montgomery's kind of describing what's happening yeah. on Yeah, and on that's the like TV the way of bonding. It's yeah. so sweet. It's super sweet. Yeah. And and but there in this moment now, after this kind of blow up and everything, for me what it what I took from it mm. is that Jimmy realizes the genuine happiness and how content Montgomery is in his life, like mm. in, in the situation that he's in. He's having like this great time with his dad. He's like holding yeah. his dad's hand and they're watching this movie together. Mm-hmm. And there's genuine joy there. And I think Jimmy realizes in that moment that A, Montgomery is going to be fine. Like this mm-hmm. is Montgomery's life. Like he is happy here, mm-hmm. even if he's not around type of thing. Mm-hmm. And B, that he it needs that. He's like been trying to make that out of this house and that's not actually what right. gives him that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like that moment of this is like what this feeling is what I should be searching for, mm, kind of. And mm-hmm. that's why the next morning he decides to leave and he writes a letter to Montgomery. But. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's a good point. There was, that reminds me, there was this scene with Montgomery and his dad where dad's popping up and he's having a conversation with Montgomery and he and Montgomery's talking about his artistic process and what he's working on. And the dad's like, oh yeah, we can like brainstorm and work this out together. And this is where Mont starts just developing creates a bit of a wall and he says no I, I need to take care of this myself yeah and you see like the dad's reaction like oh, no, oh yeah that's fine but it's like he was losing that sense of connection with yeah. Mont. like oh like he just lost something mm-hmm. and just seeing that scene just like how that was played out hey that was just like super effective because mm-hmm. goddamn the acting was like pretty sweet mm-hmm. and how m- many of those types of exchanges have happened where it's not the just the dialogue that happens, but how the characters react to each other's words, yeah, and how you can just feel the the emotional impact of it. You're very sympathetic to each of the characters, yeah. And um, I mean, each each character that them. yeah, each character that crosses your path in this movie, I feel like feels like a real person, with yeah, real emotions and real things going on in their life. It's something I alluded to mm. earlier with like people passing on the street, mm-hmm. but it's just it feels super lived in, and like these are actual people it's funny i mean there's even a point where jimmy is waiting for the bus and mm-hmm. this older naked dude walks up and oh the yeah bus next to him. and I it's just basically that. how the scene goes is he like walks up and sits down next to jimmy and they're just like kind of sitting there and like yeah like how long have you been waiting and he's like forever i think i might just skate and they're like sitting there and then this like trolley filled with a bunch of white dudes partying Tourists, a bunch of tourists, yeah, yeah, a bunch of tourists, and they're like, "Oh, look at this dude! This dude's hammered!" But and they like just like no, drunk. they go, they say this, this guy, this fucks. dude fucks, which is actually yeah. uh, a um reference to something I wait, read really? earlier. Really? Yeah, I thought it was just um, like one of those typical things that everyone yeah, says. Be like, no, it's actually a reference to something like, oh, gosh, and I, I can pull it up if you guys want to talk about something. Really Fair. Cool. Wait, also. But but anyways, my point of what I was saying is like it's like these like stereotypical frat guys kind of, mm-hmm. and they're like having this party on this trolley, clearly like tourists visiting San Francisco or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and they're like super loud and obnoxious, and they're making fun of Jimmy and well not Jimmy this naked dude, mm-hmm. and then they like continue on their way, and both Jimmy and this naked dude are kind of like fuck mm-hmm. those guys, <laughs> like exactly. they're like they're the weirdos kind of, and 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 it I think what cool thing is like yeah this dude clearly is not having a great time or maybe having a great time 
or he's I guess he's just super comfortable in him his life. Maybe he's like an, a walking analogy of of what we were just talking about. Of, also, of I was being, wondering if like nud- like nudists were like kind of a thing in San Francisco by like totally spaced. I don't think so. I think it's played for. Like more of like a thematic aspect. Yeah, I think it's and more also, so like this dude is like content with his life kind yes. of thing. It's kind of playing into that same thing. But anyways, the point is that I was making is that it's interesting that they don't play up this guy to be some psycho. That this no, he's guy. just like, some dude that's he's just, just randomly some dude naked. that's just randomly <laughs> naked at the bus stop. But, and like also the way Jimmy reacts to it too, it kind of indicates it's just oh, normal for Jimmy. Yeah, because he's that. That's where he's lived yeah, for his entire yeah. life. He's so used to. Actually, that's a great way to describe. The way Jimmy and Mont interact with the various citizens of San Francisco, it's like an extended, not exactly family, but it's an extended community. This, yeah, everybody kind of knows everybody. Everybody's exactly. kind of cool with everybody. Everyone's chilling with each other. But anyone that is from outside of San Francisco that's there, um, especially like the two white chicks that you were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. there's a clear indication that they are those that are like outside the conventional San Francisco community they're mm-hmm. just those that are like interjecting because they're there for the wealth aspect of it or they're there for like the opportunities right now one character that stands out that kind of creates that bridge between those two worlds is the real estate agent because mm-hmm. he himself mentions how he's experienced san francisco well, he's a he, local he's a local but yeah he went to the same he went to a school that played against Jimmy's school in football like exactly exactly so he himself is from san francisco but maybe from a different aspect of san francisco yeah and as a result, he is the one that's helping to bring about the, I guess the insert like not surge the, the surge of the wealthy aspect of San Francisco, like what made San Francisco what it is today. Mm-hmm. So he's continuing that legacy, and he's like, guys, I want to help you, but there's nothing I can do, type of deal. Yeah, and even at that point where Montgomery's like trying to. Threaten him. It's like, dude, you're causing this shit to happen. Yeah. The dude's like, I, you do realize I have the right to like call the cops on you, but I won't because I understand how this is. Well, and he even goes as far. I mean, the realtor's a piece of shit, right? Like, right. he's yeah. he is a piece of shit. But he even but he does go as far as even being like, listen, guys, I'll give you a week. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna give you. He a even week. tries. He's like, but if you try and pull any of this squatter's rights shit, then I'm gonna call the cops and get right. you out of there. But he's right. like, but I'll give you a week. Right. To like figure it out. Or right, right. And so that's where, like, okay, I can understand he's portrayed as being a piece of shit, but the fact that he chose to do yeah. that is interesting. Well, he it's like this mutual that. San Francisco respect type right. of thing that they right. have for each other, it seems. Yeah. So that re- that reference is from an HBO comedy, this is Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Really? Silicon Valley, and it's oh. basically criticizing like the tech boom. Mm, okay. Which I've never seen that, sure. but I just thought I just that thought was, it was funny how like little just... things like that are so intentional in this movie yeah. where mm-hmm. it's like not kind of like in your face. I mean, I mean, guess that it kind of is in your face in this scene. Oh yeah, like, but it's just yeah, very intentional. One of the heavy criticisms, and I think this film is just exploring that entire phenomenon in the unique circumstance of San Francisco, but also in other places. Like an example that comes to mind: this several. One good one that's relevant is during COVID, there was this surge of people going outdoors because couldn't do shit inside, so had to go outdoors. Yeah. Turns out... Us being included, me and Oliver. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, we went camping more. What? (laughs) (laughs) We're totally spaced on the camping. Continue, Taylor. No, sorry. So a lot of parks and national parks 
dealt with this surge of people coming out. Now, normally, prior to COVID, it would just be in Nashville. Like, all right, yeah, a couple RVs people are all sold out everywhere. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I do. So mm-hmm. because there's this greater surge, and also Instagram and social media, everyone was becoming aware of these spots that normally only locals or like those that really right. were into the hiking scene would know. But because everyone was becoming aware of it, there was this great influx of pot, like people checking this stuff out. And it's like thousands, if not maybe a million or two, checking out the spot that normally a few, maybe 10,000 would check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this created this issue of like, how do we deal with this? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Silicon Valley and the development of San Francisco, New York, hell, Amsterdam had to deal with that shit. These various centers that are known for whatever circumstance may be, whether it's like party scene or art or whatever case, there is this natural attraction that people will come to those cities, mm-hmm. but that will change it over time. Hell, I bet Texas is experiencing that now with all the Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We, we looked at buying a house. And it's just shot Texas. up, hasn't it? Yeah, so... Um, before COVID, that was mine and Oliver's goal was to buy a house in Austin, and you could get a nice house for like $250,000, $300,000. It is like triple that now. Oh, fuck. And that. every time Damn I look it. at it, I'm like, fuck, we messed up. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we didn't have a choice. <laughs> we didn't have fair, a choice. Fair, fair, we fair. had to buy here. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it's bad. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. you, we have Bend, a friend that lives in Bend. Yeah. And we actually spent some time in Bend. And when me and Oliver go to Bend, we, mm. not Bend, when me and Oliver travel, we t- check out the local breweries. Oh, yeah. And we've talked to a couple locals there. And oh. they're just like, we have to work two jobs just to, like, survive in because our, everybody, to live in our apartment. Yeah, because everybody in California is, like, migrating up and they're, like, Bring their tech salaries together. Rich people just buying all these houses, and it just like it raises the price. It's all over. Yeah, post COVID. So that brings the interesting question, and that goes into a totally different tangent. But it really brings an interesting subject to light. The showcase is how the influence or direct impact a massive influx of I wouldn't say tourists at all, but individuals from like a different like world class whatever the case may be can have an impact on the community mm-hmm. and over generations it can just transform it entirely and yeah. that's as we I mean we see it, it happening like yeah. today yeah. it's happening and it's it's pretty sad and that begs the question of well what does one do from the local community standpoint and also if you're one that's trying to find a better means of living I mean shit if as an example you're a Californian or you're a New Yorker and you're like, this place is expensive as fuck. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go to the boonies. And you do it, but then everyone else starts doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, how can you be blamed for wanting to find a better life, for but sure. at the same time recognizing that the influence that you could potentially bring, there's one thing individually, but as an entire group, that can have an impact onto the community you strive to, you know, yeah. get away from it all from. And so I think, I, think part of, I think part of this movie's answer to that is basically not finding your happiness in a place or a house or whatever it is and more so finding your happiness and peace with yourself it's find yeah. it from the internal elements within i think yourself. that that's really external. a big part of this movie is is a, like a, acknowledging that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i mean that's why you see jimmy at the end he like comes to peace with everything and just leaves mm-hmm. no i absolutely agree and that's what leads him to be able to transition away from san francisco mm-hmm. and just really cultivate a life for himself. Yeah. Well, at least that's like what is, I would say, projected or alluded to. Yeah. And, yeah, 
And I'm just reminded of how Mont was just like, there was like a series of like shots of Mont like going through his days, like, oh, Jimmy's gone. And I'm like, damn, that is kind of sad. But it is sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's his best friend. Yeah. 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 I feel like there is maybe some criticisms that you have taylor so and that's and that's totally fine no but i i I want to know what your thoughts are here's the thing i don't even think i really have criticisms of the film itself like at all but i'm just curious how out of all the films that you guys have seen i'm actually curious because all of you've seen a fuck ton of films yeah like way more than me yeah like more than i don't know i don't know about that but I mean, you're eh, definitely this, like cinephile for sure. Okay. And Shannon, you've seen like nothing. Of- <laughs> 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 you seen nothing. No. Um, I I will. I'll tell you right now. Like, after after watching this last night too, mm-hmm. it like solidified to me. This movie makes me want to learn more. So it yeah. makes me want to like know more about movies. That way, I can be like, what is it about this movie that like makes me feel so. the connection with it yeah like because it's obviously i don't you know i didn't go through having my city change i mean my city has changed a little bit since i've grown up but not like that right right. so it's like i haven't experienced that Mm -hmm. so i'm like what is it about this movie that makes me love it so much right and so it makes me it it does make me want to like learn more is it the score is it like the acting is it you know i think you find that with I think you can start to hone in on that a bit more when you watch more movies. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the movie that makes me want to, like... Because I I would love to just, like, dive into this movie and, like, talk about it forever. But I also am not that educated in movies. Not Mm -hmm. like Oliver, to where I, like, feel comfortable enough doing that. Yeah, shut up. I'm never going to do that again. Damn. (laughs) So it's, like... You know, it it sucks because I want to just like talk about it mm-hmm. so much, but I also but I think, don't know what to I say. Think, <laughs> but I think there's also like a a part of movies. I mean, there's a major part of movies, but I think especially for this one that mm. there is like an intangible part to it that you can connect with, and there are like reasons and technical aspects that can make you feel things. Yeah. But I think that the way that you connect with a movie can just be a series of things. Yeah. Whether it's how it's shot or soundtrack or whatever it is, that just makes you feel it. And it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that you connect with this movie so much because of a series of, of elements that make up this movie that I think you'd be able to identify more if you watched you know, more movies. And that takes yeah. watching a lot of movies that you right, you're, just you're having like not like as well. So. But yeah. I think, I mean, I also, it's kind of a spoiler for my review, but I also really love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's like my favorite movie of all time, but I totally see why it would be some like would it why be it would in your be top twenty. Yeah, I don't know. That's so tough. I don't know that I can yeah. put any <laughs> movies in my top like top. I don't know if I have a top. We might have to start like trying to see if we can build a list. Uh, it's, it's tough because it depends on my <laughs> it depends on my mood. It, like yeah. it does, but I will say that this is a movie that like I could totally watch a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we own it and yeah. like like physically own it or whatever, mm-hmm. and I I do love this movie and there's a lot that I love about it that is has less to do with what's actually happening on screen and more with how it makes me feel. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot mm-hmm. of elements for me that make me feel that way, which is like the score, the acting, the visuals. Like there's so much that I can see on screen, hear on screen, and, you know, gives me this nostalgic feeling, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it really does kind of feel like a fairy tale. Like it's mm-hmm. like, 
kind of whimsical yeah. in, mm-hmm. in this movie is. It feels more like a play to me. Yes, that like, is like a, a play, huge a lot of fairy tales are like plays or written, yeah. you know, written screenplays yeah. or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it kind of feels that way. And I, yeah, I love it. I think for me, what I connect with most is it's, like I said at the top of this podcast, like, it is, it's clear that this was made with love. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it comes through in every, like, frame. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like, this was made by somebody that really has something that they want to say and loves film. Yeah, whether you love it or hate this movie, mm. like you can't deny. I feel that. like there's you a lot can't of care. deny. Yeah. I feel like you can't deny the care that comes through. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's so much that separates a movie like this, that's a small movie, from some like big movies, even if it has like a pertinent story to tell. Mm-hmm. We could we could start the battlegrounds and say compare this to Barbie. If we wanted to, if we really wanted to get this table Dude, lit on really fire by Shannon, we're gonna have to watch that movie at some <laughs> point. But we are. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying in terms of the next the episode that blows up this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm mostly kidding, but I am trying some, right. some comparison and basically just saying like the feel of the movie, right. not, not in what it's trying to make you feel, but connecting with the movie because of its heart. Yeah. I like connect with Last Black Man in San Francisco because of its heart. Mm-hmm. more than I do with a lot of movies. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that for me that's what makes this movie so special. It has I, a lot of heart. Yeah, no. I, the biggest, I do want to know how you feel, Taylor. Well, what I was most curious about when watching this film was basically deriving what was that special element that made both of you guys so excited about it. Like, you've raved about this movie mm-hmm. since we've started. Shannon, like, yeah. Yeah, like, Shannon has raved about this movie since we've started this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I mean, all right, goddamn, what makes this movie fun, so great? I mean, when, fun fact, I guess, when we sat down and started plotting out even doing this podcast in the first place, yep. we made a list of movies that we wanted to watch for the podcast, and I think this was, like, Shannon's first thing. Yeah, she almost every about. time. Yeah. 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 And it's funny, because we haven't watched it in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so once I finally sat down, I was like, okay, I'm, like, there was multiple lenses going through. One of them was like, okay, I got to figure out what about this film makes it stand up so much. And as we've been talking about it, and, and it kind of... Well, so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, to be totally fair to yourself as well, it's it's really hard and kind of unfair to watch any movie under... Not that this is your fault, but it's in like... The lens of under Shannon. the lens of Shannon. No, but it's like... That's what he wanted to say. <laughs> no, no, no. More so that I'm just saying like, it's it's hard. Like, so I've been sharing a lot of movies that... This is something that I've learned about myself mm. fairly recently. Like, I've been sharing a lot of movies that I love and have a ton of nostalgia for with Shannon since we've been dating. And now, it's funny because I watch these movies now mm-hmm. and when I watch them with Shannon... I watch them through the lens of how Shannon sees May them. interpret it, yeah. And, and that's not a bad thing, but I watch it and I realize, like I try, I'm almost trying, it's almost like I'm psychoanalyzing myself watching it. Because right, I'm watching right, right. it through Shannon's eyes who knows that I love this movie and it's it's kind of opened my eyes to like realize that a lot of movies that I've loved over the years aren't perfect movies, mm-hmm. but I love them. And right. I can't always quantify that. And I think yeah. that for Last Black Man in San Francisco, I won't speak for Shannon, but I don't know that it's a quantifiable reason that she loves it. But I think she just connects. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You just like connect with it. Yeah. Well, it also and, sp- oh. and just my closing thought on that is that I think it's hard to watch a movie and know that someone that you respect mm-hmm. or admire or are friends with or whatever it might be loves that movie. That immediately mm. makes it You're harder to Taylor go. Respects and admires me. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just, just no. Uh, <laughs> that was great. I love that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but more so, what I'm like, I mean, more so, what I'm like, I just it. That's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and you're gonna do that whether you mean to or not. Like, you're going mm-hmm. to go in and be like, kind of watching it and being like, okay, what is it that makes this person like this movie? Because I do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When Shannon shows me a movie that she really enjoys, I do the same thing. I'm like, not being overly critical, but trying to kind of find what it is that they connect with, because that connects you with the person better too. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Like, it's the art that people appreciate that actually can make you learn more about, about who them they as are. Yeah, as, yeah, as a person. And mm-hmm. so, I also just love movies that like are meaningful. And it seems like you've derived a lot of meaning from this film in of itself. Yeah, like I think I don't connect with like marvel or dc movies because it's not like meaningful right i think i will for the most part any movie that has like some strong which is funny real life meaning to it i will I that's will really enjoy. funny because i think you can also acknowledge that those are the movies that you always like don't feel like watching it seems like a lot of yeah. movies that i feel like you have loved even just from this podcast like you could probably go back and listen to mm-hmm. shannon's four star or five stars or whatever reviews mm-hmm. they're movies that i feel like you would naturally gravitate would not naturally gravitate to well, i mean we love ta- you end up loving it. i think that's interesting we've talked mm-hmm. about it before because we went through a phase of doing a lot of um, coming of age, coming of age yeah. movies oh yeah Holy and shit. those are the movies that like when I'm sitting down thinking about what movie I want to watch I do not want to watch a coming of age movie like that's right. not what I want to watch I, I don't think I've ever watched a coming of age movie that I haven't loved yeah so yeah well that's interesting because yeah. I don't think I, I mean maybe now that we've watched it a second time but I mean we've had two years to watch last black man in San Francisco mm-hmm. and it you never maybe not never but like it's not a movie that I you're haven't like, like picked it up yeah, to want to watch it, it again. To watch it again. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think it, that's just so interesting because it is interesting. You, but I'm also like your, somebody that doesn't really like rewatching movies. But like, not even that. But I think it's like, mm. I mean, a lot of movies for this podcast again yeah. that we've given that you have given like high scores on are movies that, like, for like lack of better way of putting it, like you were forced to watch. <laughs> you were like made to watch. <laughs> Boyhood. Help me. Boyhood. Please help me. You know, well, I mean, like, Boyhood's a good example of that. You love Boyhood. And I don't think yeah. I'm out Dude, of pocket saying that. No. Fantastic. Um, you loved it, but you did not want to watch it. You, like, were fighting every step of the way. And Tooth and nail. Um, there's, and there's examples of that that can go on and on and on and on. Dude, and on. you know how hard it is basically, to get, I know to get what's to watch best. anime? I, mean, I know what's shit. best for Shannon. That's yeah. basically what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I guess all I'm saying is I'm not going anywhere with that. I'm more so just saying it's interesting. Yeah. Because it's some of your favorite movies, your self-proclaimed favorite movies, are movies that you do not gravitate to or actively don't want to watch until you've seen them. I mean, this is a proof of how by expanding beyond your immediate realm of, I guess, lack of a better term, comfort. comfort. Yeah, yeah, comfort zone. Yeah. yeah, you get to experience certain forms of storytelling that kind of enhances your appreciation of the medium itself. Yeah, And hell, as you even said... Um, this was, well, a combination of what you both said. This is not n- normally a film that you would check out, but as a result of it, you are inspired to learn more about the art of filmmaking, mm-hmm. which is huge. Huge mm-hmm. any, for Shannon, for any, sure. Yeah, any cinephile would be like, that is the whole fucking point. Yeah. Th- yes, that yeah. is like what a... Which is crazy because we've watched wants. a lot of good movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, even ones that we haven't reviewed, but yeah, this is like... The this movie is the one. for me, yeah. And I can understand why this is like paramount and like why why it's important. 
Oh, before we go any further, though, we mentioned it earlier. We need to talk about the mom. Oh, my God, yeah. So Jimmy and Mont are, like, on the bus and just, like, randomly run into his mom. And it's, like, the first time we see her. And it's just, like, a really awkward experience. He just looks up and is, like... It's a it's it's like an encounter that everybody has, mm-hmm. but it's his, with his mom. And the yeah. encounter that encounter is kind of like when you run into someone that you kind Doesn't, of know, like maybe from high school or something, mm-hmm. and you're like keeping things very light and talking, right. but you both don't really know what to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the whole interaction. Oh yeah, is. for sure. And, and it, then they end up just getting off at the stop, and it's just like yeah, it's very uncomfortable, but it just happens to be his mom. Yep. And yep. it and that scene I think is super telling of their relationship. It's mm-hmm. one scene and you immediately understand it's like where probably they stand another reason other. why Jimmy is so attached to this house. Right. Cause I'm sure that was like a point when he was happy and like mm-hmm. maybe when his family was together, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cause basically they lived in this house and they lost the house. You don't really ever know why I'm assuming that the parents were good. Yeah. Then shit went sour. And, an and then they that lost the, dad the house. Had like an issue with like, like drugs or something of that nature so so i'm assuming that that's why he is so like has so much love for this house is that's like when he remembers being happy again like that was the last time he was happy in his eyes yeah shit fell apart yeah um yeah so it is interesting that scene is very because it says a lot in such a short amount of time yeah and that is something this film does quite effectively it is it's efficient Mm-hmm. And being able to reveal a lot in a short period of time. Yeah, through exchanges it's, it's funny people. because not not a lot happens in the movie, but it's yeah, it's very efficient. It's like razor sharp in mm-hmm. like every scene does serve some kind of purpose. Like if you were like a person sitting alongside, like on the side of any of these scenes and watching the interactions, you could read a lot from the interactions. Yeah, the acting is terrific yeah. from everybody. There's not a single person in this movie that is not crushing it. In mm-hmm. my opinion, you're fully immersed into this film. From scene one to the very end. Yeah. And yeah. that's a huge achievement. And I can understand why you've been praising the technical elements of the film. Because that's an impressive feat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess so, some of the highest praise I can give off of this most recent watching of it is mm-hmm. we were super tired. We did not want to watch a movie last night when we watched this movie. Right. We probably started at like nine. Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. even later. I don't know. <laughs> Which us, is so funny. You're making because, us like, sound like grandparents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had a long day. Uh, to be totally fair, we had a super Nine. long day and a super yeah. busy week, and I was really sick yesterday. And oh, I hope you feel By better. the way, Taylor, hope you, you, I'm sick. So. <laughs> yeah, tell me that now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, too late now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyways, yeah, I mean, nine, sure, whatever. I'm not ashamed of him, old man now. But anyways, we sat down and we were talking and Shannon was like, well, we can pause it halfway through if we want to finish it in the morning. Yeah. And we sat and we watched the movie and I was totally invested the yeah, whole time. Yeah, no, neither of us were like, let's pause it. And for once in Shannon's entire life, she didn't pull her phone out once to, during the movie. That's Actually, huge. Holy lie. shit. This she pulled is it out like one film. Time. Oh my God. She pulled it out like one time. Claiming she was taking notes. but oh, I was taking notes. Mm-hmm. I could show you my notes. Sure. Fuck off. Damn. Anyways. <laughs> Taylor, Yo. I'm gonna ask you this question because I okay. just feel like you're a little more, yeah. apprehend maybe not apprehensive. Get a little more of an unbiased opinion on this mo- movie. Sweet Lord, do you think this movie is for everybody? <laughs> One thing I have recognized when it comes down to films is that, or any form of medium, especially films, quieter films can have a tendency to lose people's attention immediately, yeah. especially if they're ones that like the constant stimuli of other type of films like action. So unless they can connect with, you know, the musical elements, the presentation, all this other jazz, it may not be as 
affected for them. Right. Yeah, I think that this movie, as much as I do really enjoy this movie, I think it's probably one that's for most, not for all. I, I think that also mm. it's from a a bit of like like the I don't know I don't want to say like a younger perspective. Wait, you say it's for but most, like, but not for all. Ooh, okay. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Taylor's part- like, ah, the gears are turning. Okay, so yeah. the only thing I would debate on that. Okay, so if this was like a Sundance film, golden. If this was like what? one of the film, I'm sure film golden. It, it might be. It might have been. What? But are you contesting that you don't think it's for most? If this was sent out on a theatrical release and like say it wasn't a theatrical release, like hardcore theaters, like I mean, type all of a lot of A twenty four movies are small circuit, but right, sure. Well, the reason I say that is. Well, I guess that goes into the question of critical perception, so we'll go to that afterwards. But just from general way that the way that this film is styled and everything, what it wouldn't have as much of like a general audience appeal as you would no, expect. No, no, I'm I'm not I'm not speaking to. I think for maybe me, I'm thinking from like a box office standpoint. Maybe that's my my frame. For me, what I'm thinking. saying when I think of this rewatch, like not rewatchability, when I think of the audience thing, I'm mm. thinking that like. I am sitting down this person and I'm putting the movie on. Uh, how long saying, yeah. until they tune out or if they like are like gonna, how engaging is the film? I'm thinking like if someone would actually enjoy it when they're sitting down watching it, not like necessarily getting them there. Okay, gotcha. So when I'm thinking of that question, I'm thinking like, you know, is this movie for everyone? To me, that means like, can I just blanket statement be like, go watch this movie, go watch this movie, go watch this movie, and they mm. will watch it and enjoy it. I see. And what you're I was I see correct in recommending it to them. Right, right. I think this movie is a movie that like if you sit down and you watch it, most people would probably enjoy. Yeah. However, I do think it is contemplative. I do think it's kind of slower, like you were saying. Not slow, that not even the right way to describe it. You don't feel it. the pacing as slow, but, but it's like not, there's no films, action it, or whatever yeah, happening. Yeah. Um, Some could, like, might, like, criticize it. Sure. Slow, but and I also think it's pace. kind of this, the perspective and humor is, like, Maybe like a, a slightly younger perspective in humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see some like older people maybe not connecting with the characters the same way that somebody that's a little bit younger would. Yeah. So that being said, I can't say it's for everybody, but I think that most I think more people than they I think more people would enjoy it than they think they would, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah it has a farther reach than you what initially. About, in, what do you think, Shannon? I don't know, that's a tough question. Ooh. For me. Ooh. Just because I love it, so I just want to be like, everyone will love it. But yeah. I, I think I agree with you that it's younger. It's not like either, not either like, younger. I'm not talking mo- Zoomers. I'm talking yeah, like- either a younger <laughs> crowd or a crowd that has experienced what Jimmy is experiencing. Not talking Zoomers. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think about like, let's say the owner of this house. Like mm. that type of person. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that type of person. But do you think they'd really get as much out of this movie? Oh, I probably see. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. They probably don't see anything wrong, with, wrong with, you know, moving to San Francisco. I mean, there is nothing wrong with them moving to San Francisco and buying these houses and all that. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It just has changed the culture in the city. And I don't think that they will understand that because they didn't experience San Francisco before that. Agreed. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to segue into the next question, which is critical reception. And the only reason that I was thinking about that is because I looked up what the budget for this movie was. Mm. It's only $3 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is pretty yeah, small. This could be maybe $3 million. However, 
it only made four point six million in the box office. Profit, profit, but that's profits, profit. Profits, profit. Not money's money. Not to not to everybody. To me, I wouldn't is. be surprised. I mean, I'm, give me that money. I'm sure that Joe. Yeah, one point six million about, dollars. Think about, give it that, to me. think about how that gets dispersed amongst everyone. No, no, that's true. I you get five dollars. <laughs> I am positive that Joe Talbot will continue making movies. Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah. he's clearly incredible. Once you're in, you're like, all right, I gotta make it happen. Well, he's been interested in it since he was a kid. For yeah. sure, and I'm I'm sure he will continue making movies. I'm sure he's working on one right now. Yeah, but. To make the bigger movies that you usually like really want to make as a director, a lot of the time you have to have like box office smashes. Well, well look, at, so, look at Alex Garland. So is a he great actually brought this so movie is... to a lot of people because so he started like a Kickstarter. So he created like a mm. um, like I don't know if it's like a shorter trailer, like as mm-hmm. a Kickstarter to see if people would be interested in it. Um, and there was some interest in it, so he took it to people to like basically pitch. Mm. And a lot of people liked the concept, but they were like, but only if we have this actor, only if we do this. And um, I was like, no, like, yeah, we're like, not no, going to do this, that. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, for him to make any profit for making the movie that he wanted to make without all of that is awesome. Yeah, and huge. a huge part of that is probably just A24. But it's like, yeah. and that's, what, that's what is so shit. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, there these there's movies that are made and they're not made how I feel like directors would like them to be made. They're made for the box offices. Yeah. They're so made to make return. money. Edgar and Wright it's like, is a great example of that. Yeah. Mm. He, I mean, he's a great example of that. I mean, there's a ton of, a ton Ooh, of directors yeah. are, are examples of that where it's like, we, Ridley like, Scott, we just talked well, about it last episode with Napoleon, how it just felt like there was something missing in it. And oh there is the, extended release the we extended haven't cut. watched it but yeah. i would assume it'd be better because that that would have been made how he would have liked it to be it's because we just again like the connecting to the movie societal standards yeah, right okay. we just make, we talked we just make we, the me most and Oliver have watched a movie called empty man oh, it was dude. and empty the man, story for anyone listening that, empty man is a fantastic horror movie it was no not one talks about. and there's a whole story behind that where it was like Nightmare. not supposed to be released or Oh gosh, should I even go into it? Really no, quick? I don't even think we should go into we'll it because it, like like, it is on our list it, to watch. Yeah, oh, man. But that's like perfect example of the industry just like fucking over these directors because it's a great movie. Damn, taking these movies and dumping them basically. Mm-hmm. Well, it w- it was only released out of like basically out of pity. Damn. It was released because it was already made. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the story behind yeah. it. Is it was released because it was already made. Well, but and you know what? I'm gonna make another. Weird at this is a stretch, but I'm going to make it a connection to the film as well. So, as we've recognized how the film explores the idea of like an existing community getting basically changed and, and many can argue not for the better, mm-hmm. for like a place like San Francisco, how the wealth and the incursion of a just influx of people with said class and money changes the entire scope of everything. But mm-hmm. over time, that might collapse. And how that impacts the city afterwards, God knows. Similar mm-hmm. cases happening with films. With yeah. a lot of these major franchises like MCU and everything else, they're starting to collapse. And maybe this might offer I'm an so opportunity for, for smaller it. films and medium <laughs> films to come back. I'm so, no, I'm like, I'm so, again. we've talked about it before, yeah. so we shouldn't even go into it too much. But I'm so <clears> thankful for little studios that are not so little anymore. A24 is becoming kind of a household Dude, it's becoming point. like synonymous with like I cool films. It. it is, but... 
I'm Me so and Oliver th- have been there from the start. Have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm just so thankful that we are. Again, I'm not like rooting for big movies like Marvel and DC to fail. I really don't. Like, I want. Mm. I, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I mean, I think like I'm done there with should it. be. There, well, but that's you. There's tons of people that love it, right? I don't want people to not. They have don't the know movies. any better. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yo, why, well, yo, 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 where is this coming yeah. from? Where is like you're ready to throw shit down? What I'm what I'm saying <laughs> is I don't want people to not have the films that they enjoy, right. but I want there to be space for more movies and different movies. And right mm. now, it's been suffocated by these huge blockbusters, oh, like yeah, Marvel movies and DC movies and whatever. The you more say, like, you keep IPs. making the blockbuster Marvel movies, the more that these little small movies, not necessarily air small movies, are not going to get attention. Not, not necessarily because these people that go and watch Marvel movies are not going to branch out. But they, but they, they are though. No, nope, like because Marvel just keeps office. releasing a but new movie every fucking month, so they just not only anymore. have to go see yeah. those. They're not, they're not anymore though. Marvel has come out and said that they're not releasing another movie. They're releasing one movie next year or something. They Good. this Damn. year, this year Good. they got crushed. Good. They got devastated. This, this year being sorry, twenty twenty three. 2023, 2023, they got crushed. I'm speaking yeah. like it's still 2023. It, that, they that, got that's crushed. Okay, they got crushed in 2023. They got destroyed in the box office, yeah. which mm-hmm. I am thankful for because it's showing that like people want something else and different. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want those movies to exist. I'm just saying I want there to be different movies in the yeah. box office. And right how it was, and I think it's changing, is there was no room for it because yeah. mm-hmm. these huge behemoth movies were just squashing out any mm-hmm. other movie. Yeah. Like you know the, what I mean? The, you hear and so stories. now it's like. You're seeing movies. I mean, this 2023 was a huge year for cinema because of two reasons, mm. in my opinion. Like as far as really changing, bad mo- year for cinema. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but that's that is what was huge. Yeah. It is like there for two reasons. One, Marvel and DC, which were these Goliaths of industry, oh, Disney right? in general. Yeah. D- yeah, Disney in general failed at the box office. DC so is Disney, times. but like they Multiple failed times. over and over and over again. And they just like fell under their own weight. Yeah. And then a movie, a foreign movie, Godzilla minus one, came over Kills and like it. destroyed. Literally the box like home stretch at the very end of the year, just like something like a hundred million dollars or something crazy like that. Jeez. Like crushed it. And I think it got a Golden Globe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it won I think a so. Golden Globe. Something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Destroyed if it gets the yeah. box office. Yeah. To me, that is like how much louder could society get? Than saying like we're done with this, like we want different things, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I really am hopeful that like we are going to move into this era now, twenty twenty four and on, of being like let's make room for these like kind of different movies. Let's make room for oh, foreign yeah. film. Like let's make move room for these. We don't just need Ghostbusters, Frozen World, or whatever it is. Like we want mm-hmm. other things too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like Again, the one. I'm shot- not. I'm not trying yeah. to throw shade at people that want those movies because I think that everyone should get the movies that they want. But I. Mm historically for the past however long decade or whatever these huge ip movies are just like completely consuming the box office well and i guess i'll add like a closing point to this where normally the model would be if you make a damn good film you make a sequel and if the sequel does well you make that bitch a trilogy yeah but then because of the mcu it's like all right we're gonna make this motherfucker a franchise now as we reach that point like the one-shot movies are coming out and they're actually doing well like barbie oppenheimer and godzilla minus one these films are these one shots that are proving that dude, you, regular just standalone films can kill it, and now studios are hopefully reaching this point. Like, okay, all right, we're gonna take a breather. We're gonna, we'll not do yeah. this anymore. And Disney's but, come out and said that, yeah. yeah. And and now that instead of you know great, well, no, I would say not great, but these powerhouses in the 
movie business, like Disney being able to buy out like slots from an entire movie theater just so they can keep rerunning the same mm. movie over and over again. Now that space is now open up, as you've been mentioning, this gives an opportunity for smaller films to finally breathe and yeah. get a chance to pop up like, hey, I still exist. Like, oh, thank goodness. More variety is going to be introduced to cinema and but that's going to make things a lot what, better. What started that conversation was basically like the the $1.6 million worth of profit that this movie made. Last still something. It is still something, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to buy Joe Talbot's, John Talbot, Joe Talbot? I already Joe, Joe Talbot. That sounds right. It, yeah, but it proves Joe, that he can make a profitable film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quote, it, it shows that he can make a profitable film, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to like get a huge... Uh, studio to back whatever movie he wants. Like we're seeing with like mm. Alex Garland, for example. Alex Garland has made like each movie he makes is like just slightly bigger than the next one because he's like which one did he do? He's an ex machina. Oh he's shit. Men. Oh shit. One we just talked we talked about men on this podcast. It's mm-hmm. I think our longest podcast ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's doing Civil War. Is that what that I think it was right, called? Yeah. Which is a big budget Civil War movie and about like a Civil War in America, which is like the most how does any studio back that movie? I'm not saying that I have a problem with it. I'm saying like, that's like the most niche, easy to frustrate people concept I mean, if they give it ever. like a Saving Private Ryan like, like feel to it, then like, holy shit. But I don't shit. think that's what they're going for. But anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I, again, I'm, I'm stoked to see it, right? But right. I'm, I'm more so saying like, now he's gotten this clout. He's like gotten this clout that he can make the movie he wants to make. I see what you're saying. And yeah. I don't know that Last Black Man in San Francisco did that for... Joe, but Joe his thing Talbot, that can fix Joe. it. How much yeah. critical acclaim did it get? I think it got pretty critically acclaimed. I think people really liked this movie. Like that went not, but not, not, not a lot just of people. audiences, but also critics as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I think across like the board, people really like it. It's just small. Office, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, It's it's a small movie. So I, you know, I don't know. I I will tell you this though. Mm. After seeing this movie, which is you know Talbot's most recent movie, I will just about see any movie he releases next. Yeah, oh, I damn. agree. Just out of pure curiosity. You know what I mean? I want it, like, he's like a director. Point. And it might, because he's <laughs> had such a connection with this movie, but yeah. he's just a director that I'm like, he's like one of those, a young director that I'm like, I want to, like, I want to keep an eye on this guy's career mm-hmm. and like, see what he makes. I felt the same way with Ari Aster when Fair. he was releasing yeah. movies. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's you could say, uh, Gareth Edwards or oh, like yeah. any like oh, any yeah. of these like smaller directors like oh, I, even Edgar Wright well, Edgar Wright yeah yeah so I think it's time because we've been going in various directions with this film but it's all sparked a really damn good discussion yeah because this film is a unique one so go with reviews if you guys are cool with it yeah and I think I should it. just go first yes just go for because it because <laughs> yeah no I was like I think I'm gonna go to I yeah. think it's obvious <laughs> it's like a five yep. It's more like a hundred out of ten. Sweet fucking or Lord. Hundred out of five, but yeah, five, five stars. <laughs> you just love it. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I don't yep. even think I need to like give reason no. behind it. I think I've already Scary. done that. No, fair. Yeah, I think Taylor should go next. No, I think you should go next. Well, because I think it's fairly obvious that I also really enjoy this. No, movie. no, no. Go for I it. Wanna, man. Go for I, it. Taylor's the wild card. Sure. Okay, I'll go next. I also think it's a five star movie. Mm. I really love this movie. I think it's a, a very special movie. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of, I've I said it before, but I think the best way I can quantify it is it just has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Like it has a lot of heart. I feel the passion from everybody involved behind this movie when I watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, I'm not even saying it's like the best story of all time or it's the best, you know, looking movie of all time or whatever. But for me, it is stellar in everything that it tries to do, and that heart, that like 
passion and soul that it has mm. brings me to that level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a movie that I could easily recommend to most people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a movie that I I I can watch. You know, plenty of times. Yeah, and that is fair. So no, I I recognize that this film. But watching it from like beginning to end, it definitely has this ability to keep you connected to not just the story, but the characters. Every aspect from the musical score to the design of the storytelling, cinematography, everything. It's fantastic. Yeah. It is absolutely golden. And I'm so scared. Oh, don't worry. It's like, it's not, <laughs> not it's going to be that bad. <clears throat> he, and, I can predict what he's going to give it. What would you predict? No, I, you can't continue with your Show thought. me yeah. your fingers. <laughs> so as... <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm showing her under the table what I. Oh my god! So as you go through, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if only this was like recorded with video, it'd be next level. But with all that, you know, being said, it is a good film, and it is one of those films that once you watch it once, it's worthwhile to like check it out again like after giving yeah. it some time to breathe yeah it's not but like not it, one way it's not like, like it has, go watch it every single day it's not like it has secrets to unveil necessarily right. but it's it's just like yeah there's there's a there's a lot going on yeah now my opinions may like evolve over time as i like expand my cinema library and like mm. rewatch it again but for now i give it a four what what did you show? 0.5 less than i thought he was gonna give it Okay. I said four point five. I did. You you did four and then a one. <laughs> well, I was I was trying to draw a point. Oh, fair, fair, fair. I did three point five. Oh no no I I knew that he liked so it more than that. In the middle of our guesses. I knew that he liked it more than that. I that's don't know. I mean that's fair. Mm-hmm. I I mean that's I, we've said it before. That's the beautiful thing about opinions and movies. Like yeah. you, it, they don't work the same for everybody. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like even as we've been sitting here, the biggest cheerleader of this movie ever, probably Shannon. She yeah. can't quite quantify Which keeps exactly, <laughs> exactly why she loves it so much. And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. It just goes to show. Like mm-hmm. Some they... films have ability to connect with certain individuals greater than others. Yeah. And that's the, the epitomizes the quality of art in itself. Yeah. Like, it's a great film. But for me, point fives and fives are ones that this, it exemplifies something more. This, yeah. something transcendent about, especially if you're a five. I don't but, want to hammer too hard on it. But do you think there's something that this movie could do to be better? For what it is, mm, yeah, no. I'm curious. Like what? from what it has but been it, able to execute in of itself, I mean, it's a great quality film in terms of anything that makes it transcendent or it just doesn't speak to you. Not to that same degree. So, I, so as an example, a four point five is something that's exemplary and might revolutionize potential cinema in of itself. A five, it's like this transcends storytelling. Like, I would like you to watch it again at some point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it might evolve over time. Kind of see yeah. if you still feel that way. Yeah, it could be one where we can like discuss further at a later time. I would understand if you like had some gripes with the movie or like some things that you would have done differently. Well, well like for the most part, the film's like perfectly fine. Yeah, just, well, like, I think for me, it just feels I, like I do think it's tough too <laughs> yeah. because when Shannon and I first watched this, maybe we I, hyped it up. My, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we, hyped we didn't ask we didn't <laughs> right, ask right. that question really about if the hype was deserved, but maybe well, we hyped it up too much. I will say something though. Yeah. I was the one that put Shannon on this movie. Fuck off. Okay. I was. I was. Right, okay. Fair enough. No, no. I, the only point that I was making. The only point that I was making with that. The only point that I was making with that <laughs> is that when we did watch, where I was going with that is when we did watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, no one told us to watch it. Like yeah. right, there was right, right. there was literally zero expectation going into it. Mm. It was kind of like, oh, this movie looks kind of interesting. It's a twenty four. Let's check it out. And so I think with the bar being 
completely at ground level. Yeah. There was nowhere for it to go, but uh, right, right, right. Whereas, you know, to be fair, you watching it, and again, you may may not even change your opinion, but right. you watching it, like Shannon, very heavily hyped this movie, <laughs> and there's got to be a tiny part that's like trying to find, trying like, to analyze where is it? it. Yeah, exactly. Where is that trying to analyze yeah. it. Whereas, yeah. who's to say that maybe if you watch on your own under just mm. like completely neutral perspective that maybe it'd be 4.5 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe less. Who knows? I like it's that's the <laughs> Watch it thing. by myself and seven circuits too. Yeah. <laughs> like, that I, mean, I don't know. Shit. Well sometimes you find <laughs> that be funny. Sometimes you find that con- sometimes you find the conversation behind a movie makes you feel more positively. Oh for real. Yeah. So yeah it helps anyways. you see another way of appreciating it. Right. Well, well with that being said, drink counter like what did it have to I'm like I'm, oh, half. I'm almost done with my second. Jesus ding, ding, time. ding. I am the winner. Every yeah. single goddamn time. <laughs> Unless it involves Although sake I don't or whiskey. I really love this blueberry wheat. That's all right. The IPA was better. Damn. All right. This has been a very philosophical. This has been a lot. Oh, fuck yeah. That's one of the things I love about like films like this. It allows you to. We didn't talk waters. about the movie as much as we talked about society. <laughs> right. Somebody take well, a society. I mean, the movie counter. is about society. We live in a society. Society is the worst. <laughs> Dear. All right. Okay. All right. Damn it. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you for listening to this absolute madness of a podcast. <laughs> this has been Cinehansis. Cinehansis. Oh, holy <laughs> shit. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting done. off right We're there. Done. We're Peace. done. Peace. Oh, my Bye. God. <laughs> <laughs>